You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Welcome to episode 30 of a Life in Ruins podcast. Reinvestigate the careers and journeys of those living life in ruins. Uh, welcome back for another edition of Our Ruined Lives. I am your host, Carlton Gover. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Connor Johnnen and David Ian Howe. We are recording today. It's just the three of us. We don't have a guest. We are just kind of reflecting on our summers and just some some announcements. We're going to talk about some uh, theory. So kind of a laid back episode for you guys today. And we do want to congratulate our host, Connor, who uh, we're recording this August 26th, and Connor got married to the beautiful... <laughs> it's Taylor. Taylor. <laughs> I, was, I was present. I was there for the wedding. I just I just slipped for some reason. I wanted to say like, I, I was just kind of, he got married to the beautiful Taylor uh, last week at Crested Butte. Uh, me and David were both present. It was amazing. Great wedding, great service. And uh, so, yeah, Connor is a married man now. And uh, moving on from that embarrassing gaffe, uh, David has some <laughs> shout outs uh, for our listeners. That was a human blue screen right there. <laughs> I get it, though. It happens to me twice a day. So we have quite a lot of active listeners, to my surprise. I didn't know what we actually did. People that kind of respond to our stories, people that comment on, on our posts and people that actually res- like message us saying like, Hey, great podcast or, you know, we listen, yada, yada. We have a long list of those. So I'm just going to get cracking on those right now. Leone Cohene Ribeiro. He is a Brazilian urologist. Uh, he's actually come a good friend of mine through ethnocynology. We chat a lot. I also ask him some questions about urology. Uh, <laughs> and he also has a page called Cohene Paleo Art. So it's K-O-H-E-N-E dot paleo art. Also, shout out to Ashley Sutter. Uh, I know you're a huge fan. Uh, you've also been super supportive of us the whole way. Nikolai Gorishnik. It's Nick dot G-O-54 is your name. Can't say I'm butchering the German there. Nate Smith, Burger and Thighs, Samuel Wilford, Michelle Davenport. I know you listen. Thank you so much. Bruinhart, thanks for reaching out. Lisa Lantic, you're amazing. Cody Wolf, Jedi Wolf is your name. Uh, great talks all the time. Uh, Joshua Miller, he's a fellow anthropologist. Billy Rules Dude is his name. I think it's just his name might be Billy. Rob Will Ark, do some awesome Mississippian stuff. Celeste Chapman, we've given you a feature Friday, I believe. Cool Lithics guy has a YouTube channel. Silas. Say it with Silas? Silas. Silas. I'm assuming. Correct us if we're wrong. Silas. Silas, maybe? Okay, well, S-I-L-A-S. There we go. Robin S. Morgan, uh, we know... Wait, no. Morgan Robbins, that's your actual name. So, you're like one of my good friends. I shouldn't have messed that up. I was about uh, to say, we all know her from... Like, the second you said that, I was like, that is not how you say her <laughs> name. Uh, Elise Maloney. Elise, Mal- Elise Maloney. I don't know how you actually say that. Uh, that was probably <laughs> wrong of me to do that. Uh, she did cool stuff in Ireland. She lives in uh, California. Cool stuff. CRM. No, in school. One of them. Uh, you're great. Mark Torrender, uh, you were a guest on the show. Thanks for listening all the time. You always message us saying that you've listened or like had a poignant thing to say about the episode. So thank you. Darcy Miller. Who the hell is that? Oh, Shane, Darcy Shane Miller. There we go. Also been a guest <laughs> on the podcast. Uh, Marias. Shane's uh, first name is Darcy, guys. Um, uh, dude, we're in a group chat with him. We talk to him daily now. Yeah, Mr. I've known Darcy. him for like eight years and I forget that's his first name. <laughs> uh, Marias. I think he's tried to bury it is, is the main reason. Mariah Story, she's the one who made our comic book art, right? Yeah, well, she made yeah. the Archaeology Avengers art. She's a huge fan. She listens to our podcast when she draws sometimes. Huge fan. Uh, you guys should definitely go and follow her at uh, Mariah B. Story and uh, subscribe to her comic about archaeology. It's it's fascinating. I own actually the physical copies and I follow on Webtoons and it's it's just a fun time. Great. Also, Rob Barlow, he listens to all of them. Thanks, man. You'll probably be on at some point. Todd Suravel. Uh, that name kind of sounds familiar. I don't know who that is, though. And then Heather Rockwell. Thank you so much for listening. Todd, I'm just f- with you. Oh, f- I cursed. Todd, one dollar <laughs> in the jar. That's two. Uh, what did they do? What did they do? You said the D word, too. Yeah. Oh, I'm so bad at this. You're not okay. a beaver. All right. 
if I didn't get you on there, it's because I literally ADHD'd for 45 minutes trying to find all the screenshots of people that I said I was going to give shout outs to. If I didn't, please respond to us. Angry reacts only to the Instagram or the Twitter, preferably the Instagram because I don't check the Twitter. Twitter's a just a garbage place. Oh, I hate Twitter. If you can just message us, I will give you a shout out the next time. And if you have anything we want to plug or shout, or if you want to be featured on our feature Fridays, please let us know. Actually, every Friday morning, probably around 11 a.m., we're like, oh, God, who's our feature today? So, like, if you want to be <laughs> featured, just shout out and we'll get you on there. And please and I, don't um, say things like, I don't think I'm worthy. It's like, dude, just or do that. Reach out to us and just be like, hey, I'd like to be featured. This is what I do. Dude, we're gonna we're gonna do it. We're gonna feature you because that's what we're here for. Is yeah, to that's the point showcase up and coming yeah. anthropologists to to our you know followers. Um also just kind of piggybacking if you want to just reach out to us and talk to us if for advice, uh Chris Dial reached out to us and I chatted with him via Zoom for like an hour the other week talking about grad school and how to apply. And we've had a couple of those. So like if you have questions for us or or just want help, and I did it again a couple of weeks ago as well for another guy, please reach out to us. We'd love to pass on some of our wisdom that we've collected. You know, I wish I had someone when I was an undergrad who could help me out other than a professor handing me a book of programs saying, well, figure it out for yourself. So we're here for you. Yeah. And, and double piggybacking off of that, I want to shout out uh, Cesar or Cesar uh, Castillo, who um, chats with us on Twitter and shouts us out. We super appreciate you engaging with us. And also to uh, Dr. Brooke Drew at Indiana State University, who, for, who we are uh, sending the transcript for the Dr. Uh, Robert Kelly episode. And she's going to actually use it as part of her syllabus in class as a part, kind of a teaching um, method. So thank you for reaching out to us and help making us get our stuff together and get on those transcripts. So thank you very much for that. Yeah. So that episode's now also on YouTube. It, we have a complete transcript. It's captioned. So it's ADA compliant. So if you guys have an episode that you like and want to share or want to use in your class, email us at a life in ruins podcast at gmail.com and just let us know. And we will, if you give us like at least two weeks notice, we can fit in our schedules. It takes like three hours to transcribe an episode. So just like give us time and we'll get it done. Cause like we really want it was really flattering to have a professor reach out and based and want this to be one of our episodes to be part of their class. Yes. And uh, piggybacking off of that one, I just realized I didn't put my pop filter on the microphone. So sorry for your ears before that should be better now uh, Two, got to give shout out to Maddie Mackey and Chase Mahan. You guys always listen and respond as well. And lastly, if anybody wants to help us give these transcripts. The thing is it takes a while. If, if you got nothing to do, if you want to put on your resume, Hey, I helped a life from Ruiz podcast or a famous archeology span podcast or professional dudes on it, whatever. Just shoot us a DM, preferably on Instagram, Twitter's accessible and let us know. Cause you can actually really help us out. And I will give you some free merch. Uh, once we get some merch on here, I'll send you something too. And I want to do one more, one more shout out to these crazy people named Dean and Jennifer John and, for guilting me almost every single week into, you know, becoming an adult and stopping the cursing. And also I want to thank them for listening to us all the time and entertaining my friends, even though my friends are degenerates. And thank you, Dean and Jennifer, for all you do and for making my wedding fantastic and for giving the talk to Carlton and David. I didn't get a talk. Actually, no. Your dad watched me try to open a bear-proof trash can and I failed for a good 30 to 45 seconds. And <laughs> then he said, how many degrees do you have? And I just responded with just an associates. And he left. <laughs> Congrats on getting married. Yeah, thank you. So we wanted this is the inspiration. Carlton kind of brought this up in the beginning for this episode is that we had this fantastic episode last year that was full of cursing and was just so ridiculous. It's called we called it Eat, Pray or Eat, Dig, Love. Um, and it was a kind of Carlton recapping his crazy summer in Ukraine, you know, mid jet lag, just kind of doing his whole thing. So we wanted to do an episode where we we do something similar, even though our summers have been less exciting and less less interesting and less archaeological focused, I would say. So that's kind of where this episode, the inspiration comes from. It is we're going to do this episode called Eat, Pray quarantine yep that is the title they said it in the title 
Yeah. So, uh, yeah, exactly. That is the title. Yes. So as we've talked about already, as you guys have heard, like Corona's going on, field work was canceled. We've all been stuck inside. I've been working for the museum here at Boulder. Connor's still been working. Um, David's still been working. It's was, and as we like talked with Bob Kelly on a previous episode, like this is just weird for all of us. Coronavirus! Yes. Coronavirus! And we're hoping to move past it, I guess, you know, like, if you're an archaeologist or field scientist in general, you know how much the summer means to do field work and things have definitely thrown us all for a loop. Um, so, I mean, like really the major part of the summer was like, I, I don't know, for me, I got to do some research in Oklahoma. You know, I did all the quarantine steps and then, you know, Connor's wedding was kind of the highlight of the summer and a good way to, to end it for me at least. Yeah. And I want to I want to thank Carlton and David for you know making it from their respective places to join me, celebrating my nuptials. It was outdoors, so we tried to be as COVID friendly as possible. But it was it was quite the experience. I'm sad to hear that you guys didn't get to do your field work that you would normally do, Carlton. And I know being stuck in Boulder at this time isn't the easiest thing to do. And I know being stuck in Georgia is also not the easiest thing to do. Oh my God, it's so hot and I step outside and my glasses get all fogged up constantly. <laughs> you asked. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's not my favorite place to live, but it's it pays. <laughs> oh man. So, yeah, I'm... I- I'm, I'm a little, I feel like I'm a little jet lagged. Do you guys feel like you guys are a little jet lagged from? Uh, yeah. I mean, like it was, I mean, it's just, it was just weird, dude. In terms of like my schedule, you know, like I'm, I'm used to like school ends in May. I go to field work last year. I went to like Ukraine and then like I came back and I'm ready to go back again. Like not having, like having school end in March and just being at home from March till Monday, this past Monday, I really haven't had that reset switch, if that makes any sense. So I, I'm not, I don't think I prepared as well as I should have for the start of the semester. I'm kind of just like, I don't know. Uh, do you, does that make any sense? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, um, like summer, summer break, even in like elementary, middle and high school is like a solid reset. And then in archeology, span like you get to do like your, you know, your field work every summer. And now that we don't get to do that, or I haven't done it for the past two years every summer, but yeah, I, I can't imagine having done it the past two years than just stopping right now for literally no reason other than disease. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's, it's so for like the, the CRM profession, you know, winter is this, this time where you try to catch up on things, try to finish things you know, and then ultimately get super bored and the company ends up losing a bunch of money because you're not actively doing field work or anything like that. So it's cool. And the summer was kind of this anticlimactic thing because we're usually waiting and all of a sudden we get these like tons of projects and like everything goes nuts and you're just have, you know, everything's hectic, but it's exciting and everything's new. And we, we totally missed that this year. Instead, I was sitting in my house staring at the hemp field behind me and watching the the pesticide sprayer dive bomb me and it's been awfully dis- disappointing yeah you know i think really what i missed most like what made me nostalgic for field work it's like you know you get the memories on on social media and seeing all those things and just like kind of reflecting back on where i was last year and then also like two years ago at wyoming and then like radford it's just like not only do we not have a field season because of uncontrollable events but i was getting like constantly reminded of (laughs) of how much fun i was having (laughs) in previous years and i'm just like you know i was supposed to go back to ukraine like i was actually but you know gonna go back to Ukraine in August and then the travel ban on Americans happened and that just blew that away so I actually was like ready to go for field work like I was like okay I might not be able to work at Lynch this year but you know what I'm gonna go work on this Bronze Age site back in Cordiza Island and you know that's how I'm gonna top off my summer go back to Ukraine see my see my new uh, my old friends and be able to get some digging and then it was like July 3rd, no more Americans. Like we're not allowing them into Europe. You're done. And that was really disheartening. Like my roommate at the time was supposed to go to Iceland for a huge hike. 
and that got canceled too. And we're just both sitting at home in July, like, well, this is great. Like now it now it really set into like kind of how much of a bummer it was. Yeah. So oh, at least you guys got to work from home, right? <laughs> I did for a month or two and then there's actually more cases in Georgia right now. Actually, I think Georgia's the worst in the state as of worst in the country, August 26th. But uh, there's more cases now than there were when we actually had to shut down in Georgia. So like, I don't know. I'm back in. I, I'm actually, I'm like teaching and running the lab with five employees, four or three other coworkers, wearing masks constantly, distancing. It's a different vibe for sure. I mostly forget to put my mask on half the time. It's not like so much that you got to wear it all day. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. And Carlton, you guys are doing, and we were talking about this before, you're doing like a hybrid, at least for this class you were just telling us about um, before this episode, that you're doing like a hybrid where you have half the students in there and half of them on Zoom and stuff. Well, so it's kind of funny. So before we were doing this episode, I had to, I had to hold them up so I can send out an email to my students explaining what this hybrid session is. So like half my students show up via Zoom, the other half show up via in class and it switches by week. And so I sent this email like telling my students like, hey, if you don't want to come in at all, just email me. It's fine. And through the course of this first segment, I just got 10 emails that say, hey, I just want to be online for the rest of the semester. So like half of my students already just want to be online out of this 25 student class. I have another class that's fully online as it is. So like I probably actually won't end up having a hybrid class if like three students want to show up in person because I'm not going to campus at 8 a.m. to sit in front of three kids and yell at a computer at the same time. So, you know. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. But, uh, you know, even then, uh, Mr. Johnnen, I have the sneaking suspicion that in about two to three weeks, CU Boulder campus will be all online anyways. On that note, we're about to go offline for between 10 and 30 seconds. So I'll catch you on the flip side. And we are back with episode 30 of Life in Ruins podcast, another edition of Arlo and Lives. So just kind of like moving forward with our discussion in the previous segment about this COVID summer in academia, something that I, I struggled with, and this is, you know, really a reflection of the mental health issue or, you know, the mental health conversation that we had with Alex Crabe. It's that even though I didn't have field work and wasn't in class, there was like an extreme pressure on myself and other academics in my department to publish or to do something, you know what I mean? Like, even though we didn't have field work, there was this innate pressure from the academy that you should be, if you're not working in the field, you should be publishing. And that was kind of a struggle for me. I remember kind of talking to you guys about it. You know, it's not that I didn't do anything. I was able to get a first authorship that's in review. I have two co-authorships in review and I have an edited volume that's being put together though I didn't finish my prospectus, which I'm finishing up now. And it sucked. And even that, even though I was still able to do these other things, I still feel like I didn't do enough. And that's coming from this academic perspective, right? The whole publisher parish. And I know there were like other graduate students in my department who did CRM, which they usually do. And it, it kind of made them think it's like, well, if no one's doing field work and they're publishing, what's happening to me just doing CRM? And there was this really weird dichotomy between the archaeologists, the ones who had the canceled summers and the ones whose summers weren't affected. And I still really struggle with, you know, I didn't get my thesis published, which I've been working on. And actually, oh God, I got to, I got to respond back to Dr. Eric Robinson. He hit me up yesterday about it. I totally forgot. It's, it's just weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's like no one's, no one prepared us to be, locked in our houses in an undergoing, you know, a global pandemic. And then there's this added pressure of, like you were mentioning, this publisher parish that, you know, we're already stressed about, you know, this this published parish thing. We throw on a glo- global pandemic and then throw on being stuck in your house. Like there's, I don't think there's a good way to cope. And I don't, I think it's, I, I feel sorry for people who felt pressure under that because it's not it's not fair to have to deal with all of that at the same time you know that just doesn't it doesn't seem fair to me yeah it's just weird and it's like 
we still have the podcast going. We still crushed that over the summer, getting that done. Like for those that listen to Bob Kelly's episode, like I was in El Paso, Texas, and that's why my audio sounded like garbage because I was in this office trying to mitigate echoes and it took me till the second segment to figure it out. But for, you know, I really just want to start this off with for our listeners, if you're undergraduates, graduate students, I know your summer's reflected, like your time will come to publish. You know, for a lot of people, including myself, like the way that I try to zen out, I would go camping as often as I could with my partner. You know, we would just like run off to the mountains. She almost got killed by a moose. It was a whole deal. And like it it got to the point like at the end of July where I had been working on these articles and like working on the research. And I just said, I'm done. Like I need to take three weeks off to try to decompress because like having that added stress just wasn't fun. So for those that also underwent the same summer through Corona and don't feel like they accomplished you accomplished as much. Like your worth isn't measured by your CV. Like the length of your CV does not equate to your worth as a person. And we all move at different times. Don't stress out about it. Like I'm still trying to figure it out. Like I talked to, I'm fortunate enough to have Connor and David to bounce things off. Like we're in a group chat every day. And when I'm feeling, feeling blue, I hit up my boys. David will also often send a, a gif of Kermit jumping off of a window. Oh, he's not jumping. No, Falling. no, he's jumping. He's jumping. He's definitely. Yeah, he's, yeah, it's, yeah. So don't, I, the whole point of this is like, I felt this way. And I, even though I, I did what I did over the summer, you guys shouldn't worry about it. There'll be more. You'll have your time to write your articles, do research. Hopefully next summer in the States, everything with Corona is wrapped up. We can get back into the field. So yeah, that's my, that's my soapbox. Thank you for uh, listening to it. Yeah. Keep your head up. Yeah, keep your heads up. That's all I got to say. Speaking of heads up, how do you guys feel about the the Giants? Not the New York Giants, like literal archaeological <laughs> Giants. <laughs> I get a lot of get a lot of DMs about Giants because they saw it on a documentary on you know Christian Nation Five or whatever the channel is. So like Christian Nation Five. Yeah, or like Discovery. Sometimes I don't know where it comes from. Discovery did the thing about mermaids one time. Yeah. Can I, can I say they also did one on Megalodon and I, well, so that I remember, was real. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, I vividly remember watching an undergrad with my partner at the time and she's like, I can't believe the shark's that big in the water. And I'm like, Katie, what are you talking about? Like, this is a fake documentary. And she was just like, no, it's on discovery channel. This is real. And like, I stopped it and like tried to show the C like the CGI of this Megalodon, like taking a whale. And it just looks so unnatural. And she and her response was, it's on Discovery Channel. They wouldn't do this. Like, this is real. Like, I am scared to go on the ocean. That Megalodon is there. And it's like, wow. So it was that I was on that same line that the mermaids came out. It was the same production company. Hmm. Oh, man, I hated that. And they said they said up front, they're like, this is not true. This is a work of fiction. <laughs> people still thought it was real. Yeah. Yeah. It was like painful. I had painful <laughs> conversations with people where it's like, it's based off the the aquatic ape theory too, which is like honestly interesting. But like, there's What's no the ape theory that one of the reasons we're bipedal and hairless is that we were like wading through rivers and swamps, like getting fish and whatnot. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Because the interesting thing is only other the only other animals that are like really hairless mammals besides like mole rats are dolphins, cetaceans, and aquatic ones like manatees and whatnot so she was thinking i forget who the anthropologist was possibly we spent a lot of time in the rivers like wading around and it helped us regulate and we also have our fat outside of our muscle like other animals do they're marine animals but that does not mean there's a giant civilization of cannibalistic mermaid people living in the ocean that use spear <laughs> tridents out of shells i love the idea but like where are they in the nets? We find all sorts of other crap in the nets, like boots and Toyotas. Like, where, where are the mermaids? <laughs> nah, fam. Yeah. That's my answer. Nah, fam. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, it's funny. I look back on those days. Like, I remember that conversation so vividly with my former partner. And it's like, you know, that's that's what happens when you date a sorority girl who's majoring in, you know, criminology. And I think I have, uh, I don't know. I don't think Lana would be as gullible to things like that, being a double PhD student. I, I'd imagine she's, uh, if she watched something like that, we'd be okay. But yeah, I remember that mermaid thing. And, and tying it back to giants, we've had a couple 
Oh. I'm trying to think on. Oh, uh, have I had a few? <laughs> yeah, I bet, <laughs> David, I bet David has. I'm, I remember. I think I shared on the Instagram once before that I went to a leather shop to buy stuff to for <laughs> moccasins and my regalia, and the dude was like, "Oh, so you know about the giants." <laughs> And then remember, we reached out to my cousin who runs the American Indian Museum in D.C. And I was like, you know, Kevin, is it true that you uh, that the Smithsonian is hiding giants? And his response was something like, shh, don't tell. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> over Twitter, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like over Facebook. He's like, you're not supposed to talk about that. I'm like, dude, you're supposed to squash this for my audience like right now. And you're actively like not engaging with the topic, which makes me think that there might be giants in the Smithsonian. Maybe, dude, maybe it's in the, in the basement repositories. <laughs> yeah. Denver International Airport's got giants underneath it. But continue, David. Oh, my God. I was at the airport thought, the other day. I thought it was a secret Nazi sub base or something. The, or it's a New World man. Order headquarters. And actually, when I was there recently, there's like giant construction signs that say like renovations or secret tunnel on it. Like they just fully embrace it. And I love it. It's great. It's like new restaurant or secret hideout for the lizard people. It's just like they, yeah. Jeffrey Epstein Pizzagate headquarters. I don't know. <laughs> I get people that DM me a lot about giants. I've had some like friends ask me about them like in the past. The person that sent me this thing, I don't know if you listen to the podcast or not, but someone said like they sent me like multiple articles about it and then multiple video clips and then said like, there's so many. Surely it has to be true. And I was like, oh, my God. Because, <laughs> like, there's so many other things that say, like, hydroxychloroquine's like, good for you. But, like, there's also a lot of stuff that says it's not. Yeah, I was going to say, is that the one that quoted a blog? Oh, that was a different one. That was about, like, the Wendover bog people and that, like, there was Caucasians here first. That's a whole other thing. But the, the, the other giant one I got was when I... Did you ever go back to like your hometown and like people are like, hey, hey, how's it going? Like, I heard you're a paleontologist. And I'm like, no, nah, I'll just. And then you got to do that. And then everyone's like, so like, tell me about some digs and stuff. Well, I went back to the music store that I used to work at and like all the employees and like music teachers that worked there were like, hey, David, how's it going? And like asked me questions. And then one of the music teachers who I'd never met came out and he was like very enthusiastic and like eager to ask me this question. And he comes out and he's like, hey, man, like. I've seen so much stuff about them giants. Is that true? And I was like, uh, no, no, that's not true. <laughs> like, and usually I'll try to sugarcoat it in a way that is like, I mean, maybe, but like that time I was just like, nah, I gotta, I gotta shoot this guy right down. <laughs> if you think about it, like was Andre the giant or whoever those like big tall dudes was like, they got like a lot of health issues, like in their what thirties, forties, fifties. And like died young. Yeah. Andre the giant and princess bride. Like there's this scene where they're trying to choke him out and his back couldn't support the weight. So that's like a whole rig scene. That's not putting pressure on his back. Like he had multiple surgeries I and mean, even in his later wrestling days, like you'll see he's not supporting weight for a big guy. You think his frame could take it, but you're not I mean, gigantism sucks for that reason. Like our body is, through the process of evolution is, is meant to be the frame it is. And when you, when you have gigantism, you're, you're messing with that formula. Speaking of support, if we, we brought this up before the populations you would need to support Bigfoot giants, all those things requires more than just one little person running out in the woods. Yeah, very true. And if like your stature couldn't support, like the going off of the support, you know, your, your body weight. Could you also then build a Puma Pumku or Tewa Tewakan and lift up heavy boulders to build things? I don't, I don't think so. You'd probably be ailing a lot. Yeah. I think, you know, it's, I think the whole giants thing usually ties back with in, in European context. I want to say like, on the same line as ancient aliens. I know like there's some Southwest indigenous nations. They have stories about giants and something that I, I kind of, you know, as, as David says, when people are like, well, don't you believe, you know, I have, I have family who are, are affiliate with Southwestern tribes when they talk about, well, we have stories of, of giants and my response, it's like, okay, well in these stories, do they actually say how tall they were? And usually it's like, no, they just say that they were large people. And I'm like, okay, so are you envisioning giants based on, you know, kind of like the social phenomena that we know what a giant's supposed to be? I mean, in terms of cultural relativism, 
you know, in prehistoric times, how tall was the population? Like what is a giant to them is, you know, for instance, if we're talking about the Vikings, that the Saxons were considered giants by the English, right? Because the English were generally five, six, they didn't have a protein rich diet. And so when Scandinavians showed up on raids, they're, they're six, six (laughs) foot, they're drinking milk, a lot of cheese, eating a lot of meat. They're, they were taller. And like, you know, you're talking about six inches difference, four inches difference, then they were considered giants, you know? So you have to bring that into context. It's like, when you're thinking about giants, are you thinking about what you've seen in popular culture or, you know, does that make sense? Like there's, there's the whole concept of giants is relative, you know, to, to David, Connor and I are giants, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's halflings. I want to kind of jump in off that conversation. I want to, I was the funniest thing. So I'm a little hungover over this last, no, you're good. You're good. So I'm a little hungover after this this wedding weekend. I think it was the day before. And we uh, turn on the TV and we're watching Ancient Aliens. Like it's on. You know, whatever. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm just I'm gonna give them their second. And I have never been so m- mad in my life. They've been <laughs> they, they they use these indigenous oral traditions. Don't give them context and then make them assume make them seem like their support for alien you know aliens coming here and doing this and whatnot and it oh my god i was like i've never been less hungover in my life after i've seen something i was so <laughs> freaking pissed because i and i could pick it out we didn't even, we had like the subtitles on i was like okay so there's the white guy you know consulting with the the indigenous tribe there's getting the story and then they're going to be like oh yeah that means this is aliens even though there's no context and oh my god it just it got me mad it got me mad it, it got me madder than you know, David being short all the time. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, watching Asian Aliens, I could stomach a half hour of that where I could do five minutes of Tonight with Tucker Carlson, but like they both kind of rub the same like vein in me that just explodes in my head. Like, yeah, it, it, it's hard. <laughs> hey, you guys called me short twice. Let's go back to the, <laughs> the Viking thing. Have you guys ever played Catan? Settlers of Catan? Yeah, of course I played Catan. I'm not asking you, I'm asking the audience, but uh, yeah, oh. but I am asking you guys facetiously. I think we've played it together. Anyway, you know how like when <laughs> there's like the robber or someone's like, hey, can you trade with me or whatever? And you're like, I I, I swear to God, I don't have any sheep. Like I, I only have like one wheat or whatever. Anyway, my friend Ben and I. <laughs> how do you not have sheep? That's the one thing you have in Catan. Right? Have, like, Here's the thing. So we will play in a... <laughs> If they are rampant, they're 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 a pest. But like, I will trade a gram of coke for some gosh darn clay. <laughs> we we make up stories for our like our people, and it's like my people have been downtrodden for centuries, and all they require is just one wheat. And anyway, like we we'll go into the whole thing, and he's like, "You swear to God, you don't have any brick, you don't have any wheat, you don't have any sheep." And then we're like, "Well, Milo, Milo, the the Vikings, Milo." They came out of the mist and they took a fields and they took they took me wife and now we have no wheat to give you, Lord. And I'm like, well, like go, well, like make this like insane thing and give the guy like a name. And then throughout the game, he's just like, I'm sorry, me Lord. No, the sheep's been dead for the night, me Lord. <laughs> just keeps going, but it always ends up with the Viking, me Lord. They they came for the mist of the ships, mate. <laughs> So anyway, irrelevant. You go straight oh. like feet thumbs. Like, I have not but be tunic me low. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Oh. Oh boy, sheeps. Oh right. boy. Uh all right, on that ridiculous note, next segment. Yeah, we need to go. All right. <laughs> Welcome back to a Life in Ruins podcast. This is episode 30, Eat, Pray, Quarantine. Unfortunately, David's here. Unfortunately, Carlton's here. Unfortunately. So we wanted to take this last segment to talk about some funny, funny theories people get in archaeology because you spend a lot of time out in the field with people and you get to talk and get the chatting. You get a little dehydration going and people come up with some really funny things and some really you know, interesting theories about things. And I think David has one called the, I think it's the Dean Johnnan theory. 
<laughs> it's just the Dean theory, but if Dean John and you are listening, <laughs> this does not pertain to you. You are a great man. He's lying. Connor, <laughs> Connor says otherwise. <laughs> so I worked for SWCA Environmental Consultants, and I had a field hashtag director. Swicka. Hashtag Swicka. They are always hiring guys. If you need a job, look up Swicka. I will give you a recommendation. Just give me a call. Not that they care about my you know, opinion. The Dean Theory was by John Kennedy, was my field director. Hilarious dude. So let's say you get to a site and you got some cool, there's a riverbank. There's like a flat part of the site where you can see a stone circle. You got some aeolian, some fluvian action. It looks kind of cool. And then you have like a big lithic concentration on one side. So like the village where they were making stone tools. But then... And they're all, they're all nice stone tools. But the other side of the site, you find two or three little scattered flakes that just suck. They're like tertiary, just shatter. They're, they're bad. And you find like this really crummy biface. Now, normally, you would look at this and just be like, oh, it's an isolate find in the site. Or it's just something on the site that got dropped over here. Or it's just a scatter. But John's idea was that <laughs> there was a young boy named Dean. And if you can picture Ralph Wiggum from The Simpsons, <laughs> and he's like, the leprechaun tells me to burn things. It's like this guy. And Dean hung out with Grandma, while the other Paleo-Indians or archaic ind- uh, indigenous peoples were on the one side of the site, laughing it up, eating some deer, bison, whatever, what have you, making some great stone tools, costly signaling, getting women, getting men, whatever they're you know, whatever they wanted. And then the other side of the site was Dean and his little grandma. And she was like, Dean, you make the best points. And he was like, thank you. And he has these little <laughs> points and they just suck. And he just dropped them over there. <laughs> and we called it the Dean theory. And every site you would get, to, <laughs> you'd get it like, especially out West in Wyoming, where there's just lithic scatters everywhere. You'd find this great concentration. And then you'd find this one little thing. And then we'd be like, we found Dean. <laughs> and they'd come over and it was like this crappy little biface that was just god awful. And it wasn't even like quartz. It was like good material. And someone just messed it up. So it might have been a child. Uh, hashtag. What's what's the guy's name we're having on here? Crap. Uh, no, Mackenzie. No, no, no. We're, we're, yeah. we're literally having him on next episode. <laughs> I wanted to, to say McAllister. And I was like, but I've like worked with him and met him many times. So <laughs> anyway, you, it could have been a child making this stuff. But like we, we imagined it was this little Ralph William kid. <laughs> he was like, Grandma, Grandma, look at my body. Face and it was just bad. Like you're a, that's a fine bar face, Jack or Dean, whatever your name is. And anyway, so we would just shout out that we found a pre a pre Colombian indigenous people is a southern grandmother riding on her porch drinking yeah. sweet tea, just like oh sweet Dean, my sweet, sweet sweet child. Look at look at that beautiful point you've made for Grandma. Come over here and give your boo boo a kiss. Exactly, and like the the other the other. Nappers would let Dean hang out sometimes and, you know, show him the ropes. And he would try and try and try to make his best bilaterally, you know, reduced, overshot, flaked point. But Dean just couldn't, couldn't hang. <laughs> and they were like, all right, Dean, here's your little, your little wigwam TP, your stone circled structure over here. And you can, you can play in that. So that's also why the, the, the smaller structures came up. That could have been hunting blinds. They could have been smaller, like, you know, playhouses, but it was definitely Dean's house, and we just you called it. I bet, you know, Dean couldn't make a bite face to save his life, but I bet he was a hell of a, of a trapper. After, after. Oh. <laughs> I bet like, when they were done with their nice points, they're like, you know, Dean knows how to type, tie a knot real good. Give it to Dean. <laughs> He did the, the, like the, the sap where you get the, the the turtle crap and the, the rabbit poop and the, and the, the resin and then made the, the hafting stuff. He just was eating the glue. (laughs) (laughs) What am I talking about? What is that stuff? Coronavirus. Um, what? (laughs) No, no, no. I need to say one thing. He was the best hafter or he was the best father. Oh, that's sweet. That's a good way to think of Dean. Oh, because you're going back to your dad. Uh, none of that was thrown, <laughs> that thrown at, at Dean Johnnen for sure. No, no, you, Dean, Dean Johnnen has become one of my top top ten favorite people. Like meeting him for the first time Solid for your dad. wedding, and he's just like, "Man, I listened to that podcast. It's like I've known you already." And I'm just like, "I am so sorry, sir. You've had to hear the ridiculous things that have come out of my mouth or yelling at your son about duck effigies in the Southwest." <laughs> I, I, I hope we have a clean slate here at this wedding. I will do my best to make up for my persona on the Life Ruins podcast. 
what what is this material called that you bind bind the points with? Like I, it has a word, right? Sinew. Sinew. Yeah. Not not sinew is like the deer the deer back strap, but like the the glue. Why why am I blanking on that? Pitch? I've used it. Pitch. There you go. Pine pitch. Yeah. It was Too just a pine sniffing. pitch eater. I have to say, like, here's there's our Dean for you. I can definitely <laughs> taste the rabbit poop in this one. <laughs> I think you could just use like, <laughs> I think you just use burned. It's just burned sap, isn't it? I didn't realize there was rabbit feces and, and such in there as well. Yeah, it's um it binds it. It it, 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 it binds it. <laughs> and then the darkness binds it. No, you could use uh, rabbit poop, charcoal, and sap. But in Mexico, to make the macawaddles, like the Aztec swords, they would put turtle poop, turtle dung into that's really hard not saying the s word uh turtle dung into the the, the epoxy or the, the pitch or whatever to make it like really hold because they were like beheading spanish horses left and right according to cortez but that was probably just an embellishment oh my gosh i got the best commercial you know for for pitch it holds this crap together <laughs> that was a sweet pitch <laughs> A sweet pitch for pitch. There was there was a lot going on. There was a lot of symbolism in and in that that was that was excellent, Connor. Thank you for bracing us. <laughs> with, we'll with go that, sit in the just, corner. <laughs> the the puns on puns, man. The puns on puns in that one. Like that was that was brilliant. Uh, class A stuff. <laughs> I, I'm I'm just killing time at this at this point. So we have the Dean theory. Connor has left the group chat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus has left the message. I have a theory that's like less funny, like it's not a Dean worthy, it's not Ralph Wiggum, but it's also pretty hilarious to think about prehistoric people in the past. Can I, can I go there? Yeah. Is it overkill hypothesis? No, that's, that's not funny. That's just sad. <laughs> Jesus, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh so this process of flint napping isn't isn't something you just do overnight, right? You start out with a flake, or you start with a core, or even before that, even before that, you you go to a quarry, you get this big old even, even before that, there was even nothing. Before, there was there was <laughs> there was a big bang. <laughs> and then we had these weird little fish frogs come out of there, and then there's humans, and then. <laughs> You go, you, you quarry, you get your material, you take it back to your location, you put it on a travoy, whatever you do. You knock a flake off to begin this process. You start, you know, you're like, oh, that's a nice flake. I'll, I think I want to make this into a biface. You know, you start flaking on both sides. You start shaping it, start bleeding everywhere because everyone bleeds when they flint nap. That's so metal. That's, so, <laughs> that's rocking, Everyone man. bleeds. Everyone bleeds. Oh. Yeah, that should be a good Metalocalypse. I bet that is a Metalocalypse song. I bleed. So, and then you're like, oh, okay, this is, you know, this is pretty, this is pretty flat. I wonder if I could turn this into a projectile point. Okay, okay. I'll keep going, keep shaping, keep bleeding. Okay, you know, it's getting pretty shaped well. Let's do some really fine flaking to get the, the notches and whatnot. And then you just, like your thing's almost done and you just slip up. And the sucker just breaks in half. And all you worst. do, the worst, the worst. All I, all I imagine is someone taking that rock and just chucking it as far as they could. And that's the explanation <laughs> of why you find isolated broken points really close to camp did areas. I, did I ever tell you when I pitched that idea to Bob for a thesis? No. <laughs> it's like the, one of the first few weeks I was at Wyoming and he was like, David, let's meet and discuss some thesis topics. And I was like, okay. And I was like, so what about like when people get real mad and just like break a point and then throw it and like we could do refit analysis. And he was like, David, there's other processes that move points around the landscape. <laughs> and then they just like <laughs> was listening off like all the different reasons that could have moved. He's like, that would just be an absurd thing to do. <laughs> I was like, or something along those lines. I don't know, Bob, if you're listening. I don't remember what you said, but you definitely, definitely were like, nah, don't do that. <laughs> uh, the only thing I've been thinking about this entire time is like, aren't rocks technically just like blood of blood of the earth, like cooled blood, like a scab almost? Because it's like, no, never mind. Just ignore me. I don't know what I'm saying. Just I, Connor, I the, don't know. Did the, did the mushrooms just hit? I think the mushrooms just hit. <laughs> the Vikings below. <laughs> <laughs> they took their mushrooms you know, and came through the town. 
So all I can think of with this Chuck it thing, we're still there. I'm still talking about it. Yeah, it's a problem. I shouldn't be talking about it. All I think of is like that, uh, the, the scroll of truth meme, you know, like, oh, I found the scroll of truth. And they open it up and it says something just ludicrous and they just huck it. That's all I can think of. <laughs> they just, yeah. Because like when you, you mess up something foot napping, you just want to throw it as like far as you can. Because it's like, it's honestly... To say it's the most frustrating thing in humanity is like not a far stretch because it's probably been frustrating for three million years. <laughs> <laughs> is that how Otsi got in it, that in his hip? Otsi got shot in the back. Kenwick man got shot in the hip. Oh, okay, okay. I think right. I might be flipping those up, but uh, I think Otsi definitely slept with someone's wife or husband. Um, and yeah, I think you're, I think you're got, spot on. He got next. Yeah. Yeah, because they they left them with his stuff. Like you would have brought, if you came back with Otzi's axe, they'd be like, "Hey, where where's Otzi?" And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> like it's not gonna work. They he definitely got offed. Yeah, yeah. They're he like, got offed. There we go. Yeah, he got offed. Uh, Carl, he got off you, and then uh, offed. Yeah. <laughs> have you quit checking um, emails? I've I've blue screened. I just don't know how to deal with students. I it's just, I'm so sorry. I'm back in it. For those for those that don't know, just got an email from a student asking for classes. You know, check your syllabus. For all of our listeners who are not in graduate graduate school, check your syllabus. You know, your recitation teacher won't uh, hate you for it. So I got names tomorrow. Machine, my lord. Um, <laughs> did I did I tell you guys the story of it, the expected <laughs> values with Todd? The what? My expected values. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about the Carlton. I don't know if you heard this one. I don't know. It was in Todd's quant class, and we were. Uh, I was doing part of like my thesis, and like testing to see how far like the distance of the arrows would shoot based on like the you know the weight of the the mass of the points. And I was in his la- <laughs> Todd. If you're listening, he's probably dying. But I was in his office, and we we're going over like the data, and he was like. What? where'd you get these expected values here? And I was like, for the chi-square. And I was like, uh, well, like 55 feet, that's how far I expected it to go. And then <laughs> he like looks at me with this blank stare as if I was joking, but like, I'm so dumb that I wasn't. <laughs> and then he was just like, no, you, you can't just make up expected values, David. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, totally. No, I'm joking. <laughs> like, I did not know. I did I not know a, at all. I had a, I had, honestly, I had a similar experience. Like in my thesis at the end, I wrote something like, yeah, it's reasonable that like a 50 year overlap should show cultural continuity. And uh, Bob, Bob, and you know Eric. Their response was, "Where's your citation?" I was like, "Oh, I, I just made it up." Like, what's it based on? I was like, I don't know. It just just feels right. And they were like, "Carlton, if you're gonna get this published, like, you need to you need to fix that sentence." And I was like, "Can I just delete it?" And they were just like, "Sure, just just get rid of it." But like, no, I, I feel those vibes. <laughs> I feel those vibes. Like, <laughs> can I be the guy that just says, like, "Yeah, fifty years seems good." People can <laughs> cite like, me just- from now on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seems back in the 60s people like benford and all them just made things up and just said yeah prove it i mean like why in radiocarbon dating do you need to have at least a minimum number of dates at five for a site for it to like accurately date a site like they just made that up yeah some guy so why can't i why why can't carlton be the guy that says yeah 50 years seems legit do you think we're the deans of archaeology <laughs> you know i often wonder that uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess in terms of like, you know, what we're doing and compared to what our colleagues are doing, I think we're deaning it out. <laughs> or like, or I always thought you were talking about like, you know, the deans of archaeology, you know, like we're the we're the administrators, which I feel like is our strong suit. No, nah, I don't administrate anything <laughs> but pure heroin into my arms. <laughs> <laughs> Some of that black tar, that good stuff. Alexa, dragon. <laughs> Alexa, play uh, Toto by Africa. My oh. my heart rate is seriously <laughs> at, is at one thirty. Looking at this email, I'm I. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, I forget that guy's name. He's on mine's TikTok. Mine's at five. Your heart rate is not at five. That's when I watch. You'd be a lizard person. Are you a lizard person, Connor? <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys heard the 
the Louis C.K. bit where it's like, I mean, it's on the nose at this point, but like he calls some, I think it's like Rush Limbaugh or someone. And then he's like, uh, I'm asking you right now, are you a lizard person? Do you wear lizard skin? And the guy's like, I'm not going to dignify this answer. And he's like, it's a yes or no question, sir. And he's like, I will not dignify. And it goes on for like five minutes. And he's like, he won't say that he's not a lizard person. It's, it's fantastic humor. Oh, fantastic comedy. Yeah. Oh my so, god! This is this is our summer. I think uh, this was about when I got back from Ukraine last year. Yeah, I mean, interesting summers. Thank you. You know, I think we had this was a fun episode. All I gotta say is hindsight is twenty twenty. I wish I had the hindsight with the Vikings, Gabriel. <laughs> <laughs> you came with the yeah, you want, you want the foresight, there, the plane, you, need, you need the foresight to see the Vikings coming to take all you want. I planted all the potatoes, me lord, and they liked the potatoes, and I lost me investment, me lord, and they took it, and I have nothing, me lord. Oh, boy. <laughs> we still need to do our Let's Play. Uh, oh, Donna Man. Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think, I don't know if I'll have time this semester. This is, but I mean, we can try. We need, we need like equipment for that, right? Like we need a video camera. Uh, I think you can just webcam it with Twitch or whatever, but That's what is Twitch? It's like four gamers, but like there's YouTubers. Did you see a like, celebrity oh. made a million dollars off of OnlyFans? She's What's not even that? doing it. It's, she's not oh, even doing, uh, she's not doing pornography. She's just doing like, she's a celebrity that's established and it's like doing what Cardi B is doing and just like having an interaction with, with the fan base. Like a day she opened it a million dollars. That's just I I don't I don't think I'll ever see a million dollars in my lifetime. I think like the my bank from all my student loans will see a million dollars, but like I don't think I'll ever at one point in time have a million dollars in my bank checking account. And on that note, um, shout out to our OnlyFans: Caleb Welch, (laughs) Jennifer Johnen, David's mom, and Carlton's brother. Thank you so much. My parents stopped listening because we cursed too much. (laughs) All the people we mentioned before, thank you, colleagues and friends from the University of Wyoming that support us. Thank you so much for listening to us. This is episode 30 of a Life in Ruins podcast. We'll catch you in episode 31. It's going to be disappointing, just like my life. What? I told you they're behind the pickles in the fridge, Mort. We've been married for 35 years. Of course I know where the pickles are. Get the shaman, not the Scott. It feels better on my bum. <laughs> I have Sorry, no my my wife was yelling at me. I had to, <laughs> I had to mitigate that situation. Oh, and with that, um, this has been Life and Ruins episode 30. We will see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to a Life in Ruins podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at a Life in Ruins podcast. And you can also email us at a Life in Ruins podcast at gmail.com. And remember, make sure to bring your archaeologists in from the cold and feed them beer. This show is produced by the Archaeology Podcast Network, Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle in Reno, Nevada at the Reno Collective. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.